Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is is from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. The Lord gave this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you will uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Then Jesus began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. 
How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then Jesus said, You will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elijah, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed Jesus and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him off the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. In 2012, the Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter John Mayer released his fifth album entitled Born and Raised. My favorite song on that album is named Love is a Verb. I'm drawn to the song for the title alone. Love is a verb is a bold statement that shakes us out of our Valentine's tendency to see Love is only sentimentality or flowery words or merely consisting of warm, fuzzy feelings. Love, John Mayer reminds us, is an action word. Well, not to brag or anything, but I also believe that the Apostle Paul would have liked the song, Love is a Verb. Today we read what are perhaps Paul's most famous words found in 1 Corinthians 13, and in this short chapter, Paul uses 16 verbs to talk about love. Seven verbs that name what love does and nine that show what love does not do. It's a bit misleading because as these verses have gotten translated into English, the verbs have become static adjectives. Love is patient, love is kind, and so forth. But Paul is using verbs here, action words. Love shows patience. Love acts with kindness. Love is a busy, active thing that is always looking for ways to express itself for the good of others. See, this is no abstract lecture. It's not a theoretical teaching that Paul is offering here. This is a call to action. And it's a call to action for the church. If you're familiar with Paul's words, it could be because you go to a lot of weddings. In my 27 plus years of being a pastor, I estimate I have officiated at well over 100 weddings. And Paul's words in, from 1 Corinthians 13 have been read at 99 of them. <laughs> and I think they're great words for that context. Any married couple or family that would adopt Paul's words here as their creed would know the fruit of doing the hard work of living love as a verb. 
But Paul did not write these words to be read at weddings. He wrote them to a church community, to a body of Christ that was struggling with deep divisions and factions and arguing. He was writing to a congregation that had forgotten that love is a verb. And Paul is calling them out on their unloving behavior and giving them a glimpse of God's hope for how a Christ-centered community loves together. And we get to listen in today. We get the benefit of this teaching to, of Paul that he sent to the church in Corinth. Hopefully we will be inspired by this call to action to shape how we love each other in this body of Christ, in this time and in this place, and then by extension how we live love in our homes and in our world. Love is a verb. I read a little story this week that I think is a perfect example of what it looks like when love is, takes action. It comes from one of the great spiritual teachers of the 1900s. You may have heard of him, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> the story goes like this. It occurred to Pooh and Piglet that they hadn't heard from Eeyore for several days. So they put on their hats and coats and trotted across Hundred Acre Wood to Eeyore's stick house. Inside the house was Eeyore. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh. Hello, Pooh. Hello, Piglet, said Eeyore in a glum-sounding voice. We just thought we'd check in on you, said Piglet, because we hadn't heard from you, and so we wanted to know if you were okay. Eeyore was silent for a moment. Am I okay, he asked eventually. Well, I don't know, to be honest. Are any of us really okay? That's what I ask myself. All I can tell you, Pooh and Piglet, is that right now I feel really rather sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, which is why I haven't bothered you, because you wouldn't want to waste your time hanging out with someone who is sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, would you now? Well, Pooh looked at Piglet, and Piglet looked at Pooh, and they both sat down, one on either side of Eeyore in his stick house. Eeyore looked at them in surprise and said, What are you doing? We're sitting here with you, said Pooh, because we are your friends. And true friends don't care if someone is feeling sad or alone or not much fun to be around at all. True friends are there for you anyway. And so here we are. Oh, said Eeyore. Oh. And the three of them sat there in silence. And while Pooh and Piglet said nothing at all, somehow, almost imperceptibly, Eeyore started to feel a very tiny little bit better because Pooh and Piglet were there. No more, no less. Love is a verb. It acts. Even if the action is just sitting with someone who is sad or alone or not much fun to be around at all. And you know the power of this story 
If you have ever been in Eeyore's shoes, or should I say Eeyore's hooves, you know the power of love as a verb. If you have ever been shown love when you have felt the most unlovable, it's a powerful thing when a loving community mobilizes and seeks you out when you are feeling isolated. Eeyore experienced love as a verb that day because his community sought him out and surrounded him with care. The church in Corinth had forgotten that love is a verb. They'd become really good at excluding rather than including. They were shrinking the circle of community rather than growing it. They were letting those who were sad and alone remain isolated because they were more worried about getting accolades for themselves and attention for themselves. They were focused on being right and being important rather than being loving. So Paul uses 16 verbs to show them the kind of community that love creates. Love is a verb. Christ-centered communities have very wide arms to embrace diverse opinions and people. There is room, after all, for honey bears and piglets and donkeys. Indeed, the community is much more like the kingdom of God when there is room for all. But it's hard work. It's much more challenging to practice love when the community includes a diversity of people rather than a community that's made up only of people who look like me, who share uh, a similar lifestyle, who act like me, those who agree with me politically. Then community is easier. But to know the joy of a loving community requires that we mature beyond the childish divisions that separate us, Paul says. And I think Paul would be the first to admit that it's not easy to live love as a verb. But we don't have to figure it out on our own. We worship a God who has shown us that love is a verb. God did not just send us flowery words about love. God did not just talk about love in an abstract or theoretical sort of way. God acted. God sought us out and came to sit with us in our humanity. Love welled up so deep in God that he sent his only son to live among us in our stick houses to model what community looks like when all are welcomed. It was love that bound Jesus to the cross. It was love that put Jesus in the cold, dark tomb. It was love that caused the mighty power of the resurrection to defeat sin and death forever. And it is love that knits us to God and knits us to each other. It is God who first lived love as a verb. And now God invites us to do the same. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.